0: What do you get when you mix the ancient Japanese art of paper folding with a huge sheet of silnylon? Tarpagami! We'll talk tarps today and learn about some of the risks and rewards of changing up your shelter. Then, an ultralight shoe that fits in on the trail, in the creek, or just bumming around camp. For today's hack, an idiot-proof tarp shelter that you, yes you, can put up in seconds, plus a lovely little poem to go with it. All this and that's about it, today on the first 40 miles. So I think we've talked off and on about using tarps. We've used a tarp before over our tent as kind of an extended living room, so we could prepare our food outside of our tent. You know, you never wanna light a stove inside of a tent. There are lots of reasons for that, one of them being carbon monoxide poisoning, but we wanted to kind of have a, a larger living area and a tarp does that great. We've also used a tarp as a general food preparation area away from the tents, and that was really helpful on our trip that we shared with another family and it was pouring. And it was snowing and then it was pouring again. So it was really nice to have that tarp set up so that we could all gather underneath it. And as we were shivering, uh, put together our little meals and then uh, eventually go home. (laughs) It was a nice little uh, group shelter, I guess.
1: That tarp was the only semi-dry place in the entire camp between two families you know we were putting up our tents hoping that they would stay somewhat dry inside but the only way to be outside of the tents and be I don't want to say dry but not drenched maybe was mm-hmm. uh, was under this tarp which was I can't remember which tarp it was it doesn't seem like it was very big but maybe it's because we had so many of us oh, yeah, huddled there under were,
0: it what 12 of us on that trip yeah so yeah it was a pretty big group Um, And then we've also used tarps for putting over the boys when they sleep in their hammocks. So we have used tarps. We just haven't used tarps as a shelter, like as a standalone. That's all we're going to use. It's all that's going to be between us and the sky. And that's kind of been kind of tickling my imagination lately.
1: The closest we've gotten to sleeping under a tarp is the Appy Trails Mark V tent that we reviewed in episode 150. It's a tent, but it has no bottom. It's a single wall tent. So that kind of counts. But we really want to ask ourselves, can we just go out and make our own shelter with just a square piece of material?
0: So I started tinkering with tarps just at home in our backyard. I did a little DIY tarp project where I took some one5 mil window insulation and made a 7x10 tarp out of it just using some gorilla tape and some plastic milk jug pieces, just stuff I cut out of a milk jug, um, and just wanted to experiment with putting it up. Just seeing how much coverage I got and what I could do with a 7x10 tarp. Now 7x10 is not a normal standard size. Usually they come in 8x10 or 10x10 or 10x12, even 5x7. But that's about the size you would need for a ground cloth. I I mean, I guess it would be a one-person tarp that you could do something with at least, kind of a survival tarp. So anyway, I had a lot of fun just kind of messing around with it. One of the funny kind of quirky things about this tarp that I made is completely see-through. It's transparent. And so I loved that idea of maybe using a transparent tarp and just at night being able to see the stars and in the morning, see what's going on around you, just having that transparency you know, it's so popular in governments these days. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Low on privacy, but high on connection to nature. Yeah. And maybe it's sort of an in-between step to camping with no shelter at all. Uh,
0: true. So that's what I've been up to lately. It's what's been on my mind. And I guess that leads into today's top five list, which is the top five reasons why I want to try using a tarp as a shelter. So I guess for the purpose of this list, we'll define tarp as a waterproof piece of material, rectangular in shape. I guess rectangles include squares, right? They do. Squares do not include rectangles. You're right. Um, with attachment points around the perimeter and perhaps on the surface of the tarp. So this could include those inexpensive blue tarps that you see everywhere. Uh,
1: uh, you mean those plastic woven ones? Yeah, the ones that crinkle, crinkle. <laughs> yeah, that would fill up your entire backpack.
0: <laughs> it would. <laughs> but. If you wanted to try it out, that's about as basic as you can get.
1: Strap it on the outside of your pack and it'll work.
0: And then, of course, as you go up in price, the weight drops and you can get cell nylon tarps or even Cuban fiber or Dyneema tarps. So there's a wide range of tarps that you can use. And all of those tarps can be used for tinkering or for actually taking out on the trail. The number one reason why I want to try using a tarp as a shelter is the tarps are so versatile. Tarpagami. There are tons of ways to pitch a tarp.
1: Now, I don't mean to correct you, but it's probably not tarpagami. The Japanese word origami, ori is folding, gami is paper. Since you're folding a tarp, it's going to be oritapu.
0: Oritapu. That sounds even better. Okay. Oritapu. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so there are a ton of different ways that you can pitch a tarp. You can have a shelter that's completely enclosed, you could have a shelter that's pitched over you but there are no walls, or you could have a shelter with just one wall and then a ceiling over you to kind of shelter you from wind or rain. And as you discover more designs, you'll find that there are some that work better in high wind, some that are better for heavy rain, Some are dead simple to pitch, which we'll talk about one of those today in the Backpack Hack of the Week. Some tarps can even be pitched with just a trekking pole or two, which seems to be popular among the ultralight hikers. And there are even some tarp designs that are meant to be pitched close to a small fire, kind of survival style.
1: As you've been researching tarp setups, it's amazing how many YouTube videos you've found demonstrating all these different ways to configure and set up a tarp. And you found this uh, diagram, I guess, that has 66 tarp setup examples, all different types. Like you were saying, some are just a ceiling. Some are a ceiling with two walls or slanted down. Uh, Some are a ceiling, a wall, and a floor with another side open. Just so many different configurations, all from one piece of material. And
0: if you're getting as excited as I am about tarps, we have the perfect tarp info page for you. It was compiled by David B. McPherson, and we'll have the link in today's show notes. It will answer almost every single question you have about tarps.
1: The number two reason we want to try using a tarp as a shelter instead of a tent is that tarps are lighter than tents. Almost any tarp you can find is lighter than the lightest, most expensive tent out there. Half pound, a pound, I mean a really heavy tarp might be two pounds and that's at the low end of weight for tents. One way that they can be so light is that uh, in many configurations they are floorless. Of course you could bring a separate tarp as a ground cloth if you need it, if the ground's going to be wet. And then another big factor in their weight is that they don't have all those complex pole structures that most dome-style tents have. Well those poles, I mean the weight really adds up with all these different poles going everywhere. With a tarp, you can use existing resources like a trekking pole or just a tree or a stick out in the forest to replace all of that complex pole structure. And of course, if your tent poles break, you're kind of up a creek. If the tree that you're using for your tarp breaks, (laughs) (laughs) that would be kind of strange, but you just find another tree. Like, you can always make the tarp work if you have the skills to do it.
0: I think that's a really important point though, if you have the skills to do it, because it takes a little bit of finessing sometimes to get some of these trickier pitches really stable and taut. And it is a moment of pride when you can put up a tarp and have it taut and symmetrical and beautiful. It's, it's a structure. It's your home and you're proud of it. And it's, it looks safe. It looks like a place you could spend the night. So definitely there are some skills that you'll have to learn along the way if you want to feel comfortable with putting up a tarp and actually using it as a shelter. And that brings us to the number three reason why I want to try using a tarp as a shelter, and that's because it requires learning new skills. I think after you've been backpacking for a little while, pitching the same tent over and over, maybe there's a little bit of, you know, comfort and security mixed with a little bit of boredom. And maybe that is the sign that it's time for you to start using a tarp as a shelter, or at least try it out, because it will force you to learn new things. You'll learn new knots. And there's not just five knots. There are thousands. There is an encyclopedia full of knots that you could learn. And each one has its own mathematical benefit and reason why that is the right knot or one of the right knots that you could use in setting up your tarp. You'll also need to learn how to protect yourself from weather. Maybe this is a little bit of weather prognosticating that you'll need to learn. If you sense or know through your skills that you developed that there is a storm coming in, you'll want to put up that tarp in a way that will protect you.
1: That feeling you mentioned that you get when you set up a tarp really well, that must be similar to the feeling that tent designers get when they design a really good tent. Like, yeah, we figured it out. And so you're becoming, you're learning some of those skills that tent designers have. The extra cool thing, though, is that tent designers, they have to try to design one tent that survives all these different weather conditions and is still lightweight and easy to set up and all of that. If you've got your tarp, Now you can be a tent designer, should I say on the fly? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But you can redesign your tent just in time for changing weather conditions. That's pretty cool. The same piece of fabric can be redesigned and reconfigured on the same trip to combat against wind or rain or heat or humidity, Uh, you know, all these different weather conditions that you can respond to right away as the designer of your tarp shelter.
0: The number four reason why I want to try using a tarp as a shelter is that they are open. And this is a benefit that I discovered when we did the hang your own hang trip with Jonathan and we tried hammocks for the first time. I really loved having a tarp over the hammock and being able to see out into the forest. I loved that it was open. I thought it would be scary but it wasn't. It actually gave me a little more security. There was less mystery about what was lurking out in the forest, and I could just open my eyes and see. It was trees and uh, pine cones falling out of the trees. It wasn't footsteps near my tent.
1: You talked about that paradox in episode 90, where we did the trip with Jonathan and thought it's going to be so scary to just be exposed and not have a wall around us, and then discovered that actually having that visibility and connection with nature was reassuring to you.
0: Yeah, and then another benefit of having an open tarp instead of a battened-down shelter or a tent is that you get some great ventilation. So if you're on a really hot trip, you can set up this tarp and still have the breeze blowing through. Of course, there are also some downsides of having a completely (laughs) open shelter, and uh, you'll get a lot more visitors, people mosquitoes. Just, you know, random animals. No, not random (laughs) animals. Mostly people and mosquitoes. So I guess if you're more of a private person don't like people or mosquitoes, (laughs) then uh, maybe a tent is better for you. But I like the idea of having an open shelter.
1: You can also do a fully enclosed tarp. That's true. It's just that you do have to be aware of the ventilation issues, just like tent designers have to make ways for ventilation to happen in these fully enclosed tents.
0: Yeah, and the reason that ventilation is a problem is because of condensation. You breathe out a lot of moisture and your body just produces a lot of moisture. So you'll find that all over the inside of the walls of your tarp. And if there is not a way for the the moisture to get out, then you'll have it dripping on you. And you'll think it's the rain, but it's not. It's your own condensation.
1: And the number five reason why I want to use a tarp as a shelter. Oh, you do too? Yes. This, this is a reason I can relate to. <laughs> Tarps are cheaper than tents, by far, usually. There's some super cheap tents, but they weigh 10 pounds and they're not worth taking on a backpacking trip. But any good tent to, to get down under, even under five pounds, then you're probably talking $150. And then it just goes up from there. Whereas a tarp, you can pick one up for 20 bucks.
0: In an episode 166, we reviewed a really great sill nylon tarp made by Perea. And it was the sill nylon sanctuary. And the 10 by 12 of that tarp was $89.
1: Yeah, so still under $100 for something that weighs just over a pound.
0: And the thing is huge. And yeah, and it's lightweight compared to any of the tents that we have.
1: There are a few exceptions. I found that Hyperlite Mountain Gear makes a tarp that weighs just nine ounces and costs $355. They also sell $170 Dyneema ground cloth that you can use with it.
0: Before we wrap up today's top five list, I do want to mention that in order to use a tarp, you do need some rope or some line or cordage, whatever you want to call it, paracord even, to attach the tarp to a tree or to trekking poles. And not every tarp design is going to need cordage, but a lot of them do. So that's something you'll want to have in your 10 essentials no matter what. That just belongs in your 10 essentials. You always should have cordage, but you'll probably need it to put up a tarp. Another thing you'll probably need is stakes. And the reason I said probably is because, yes, you can make your own stakes out of sticks, which we've done before.
1: They're pretty easy to make.
0: And as long as the ground is soft enough, you should be fine. But I would recommend throwing a few stakes in your pack just so you have a way to easily stake out your tarp.
1: Those super light aluminum stakes, I think it's, what, three ounces for a half a dozen?
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. Don't hold us to those exact numbers, but just some aluminum stakes. You don't need to go crazy with titanium, but yeah, just some lightweight stakes to stake out your tarp so it's nice and secure.
1: So Heather, we have a trip coming up. In fact, we're going to talk about it next week where we're taking out some of our friends who have never been backpacking before. We're going to help them learn the ropes when it comes to backpacking. And is this going to be the trip where we sleep under a tarp?
0: I think that sounds great. Yeah, let's bring the Perea 10x12 and we can do, we could try several different setups and see which one works.
1: Okay, I'm in.
0: For today's Summit Gear review, FitKicks shoes. FitKicks are ultralight minimalist shoes that can transition from trail to stream to camp. And Josh and I have talked a lot about minimalist shoes. These are a minimalist shoe.
1: Yeah, in fact, I'm a big fan of Zero Shoes, which we have mentioned on six previous episodes.
0: Yeah, we love the idea of being able to feel the earth. So these shoes will give you the opportunity to feel everything along the trail, or you can just use them as camp shoes, which may seem like a luxury, a ridiculous luxury, but when you get into camp after a long day of hiking, the first thing you want to do is just take off your socks and shoes and let your feet air out. But you probably have some camp chores to do too and so you kind of have that you know like oh do I walk around barefoot I wish I had something I could just slip on like that would be comfortable lightweight certainly flip-flops are fine but you end up getting grit and junk in between your toes so fit kicks really fill that niche where you want something simple lightweight but you want full coverage. The top of the Kicks shoe is a stretchy spandex material, super comfortable, it covers the entire top of your foot from your ankles down, and then it has a cool faux suede toe guard at the tip of the shoe so that you do have a little bit of uh, toe protection, I mean nothing like steel-toed boots or anything, <laughs> but it's mostly to protect the shoe so you don't scuff the material on it, makes it last longer. There is about an eighth inch of padding inside the shoe which kind of molds to your foot as you use it and will eventually compress over time which I guess is fine for minimalist hikers. They don't need much padding it seems like. And then the shoe also has an extremely flexible sole so you're not going to get foot fatigue from wearing a really rigid shoe. I mean you really can hike in these shoes. We did a hike of about two and a half miles I wore these shoes, and I'll share my experience with that at the end of the gear review. Um, as far as utility goes, FitKicks shoes are lightweight. They're super breathable. They can be worn with or without socks. And if you're used to hiking in minimalist shoes, that would be a thin sole, very flexible, and no arch support, then you can try hiking in these shoes. These are gonna be really great river crossing shoes. They'll protect your feet from sharp rocks, which is really important when you're crossing rivers. And then after you've crossed the river, they can easily be hung to dry by attaching the shoe's elastic strap to the outside of your pack.
1: For mass, the FitKicks weigh about seven or eight ounces for the pair, depending on the size that you get. A lot of people think of Crocs as a really lightweight pair of shoes, but Crocs are between 11 and 16 ounces a pair, and they're not very compressible. They're a really bulky kind of shoe, plus they don't have something that grips onto your heel, so they're a little more like flip-flops where you're always kind of grabbing with your toes to just keep them on. So fit kicks are great because they're very lightweight and at the same time entirely surround your foot, stay very well attached to the foot. You don't have to do that toe-grabby thing every time you step.
0: For maintenance, you'll just want to rinse off any chunky stuff like grass, mud, or sand that's attached to the bottom of the shoe, then throw the Fit Kicks in the washing machine with similar colors, and you can use some mild detergent and cool temperatures, or you can just walk through a stream or kind of rinse them off in the stream with no detergent, just kind of get the big chunks off. Fit Kicks can also be washed by hand in a sink, which is how I clean mine.
1: You had fun the other day trying to get slug slime off of your Fit Kicks.
0: Yeah, that stuff, that stuff sticks. I think the only way to get it off is with rubbing alcohol. Anyway, mine are clean and dry and ready to wear again. Yeah, you can wash them in the sink, um, but they should never be placed in the dryer. You can just air dry them or put them in the sun. Um, you could also just wear them wet, but I don't know, it's personal preference, I guess. For investment, Fit Kicks cost between 20-25 dollars depending on the size and style. And here's the great thing, they can be found everywhere. You can buy them at Walmart, Kohl's, Bed Bath & Beyond. My sister bought hers at an airport. They have them on Amazon. Easy to find and I love that they're under 25 dollars. For trial, I wore these on a two and a half mile hike and the thing that surprised me the most is that there was no snagging on the shoes, even though they're, you know, the upper is completely made of fabric. And I tromped through some pretty rugged bush and some muddy spots. So yeah, the mud did seep in uh, because there are no lugs on these shoes. It's just a kind of a rubber sole. But the brush didn't snag on these shoes. So I was pretty impressed with that. And after I washed them when we got home, they came out looking like new.
1: The mud is probably the biggest challenge with Fit Kicks because, in a larger hiking shoe, you can step in a half inch of mud, maybe even up to an inch of mud or more, and be fine. It just gets on the sole of the shoe or maybe a little bit on the outside. But with Fit Kicks, you can step in about a quarter inch of mud. Maybe. (laughs) That's about (laughs) it. That's pushing it.
0: And I wouldn't recommend these for minimalist hiking in the winter either. They are not warm at all, they have great ventilation. So, Perfect, perfect for summer. summer. <laughs> yep. Um, another thing that I noticed was that the soles aren't grippy. These aren't Vibram soled shoes. They're just meant to be comfortable and flexible. So that's another important thing to know if you're going to be doing actual hiking in these shoes. I am a basic black kind of girl, so the pair that I have are black and gray, but they have a really fun selection of prints for the shoes and colors and designs, styles. Uh, They also have kid sizes, which is great. If you have some new hikers and you're gonna be doing some short trails, these shoes make it so the kids can feel what's on the trail. And I think that's a really cool sensory experience for kids. So fit kicks are lightweight, inexpensive, versatile, comfortable, low maintenance, and we will have the link in today's show notes, and that will be at thefirst40miles.com slash 182. For today's backpack hack of the week, the plow point tarp shelter. I love this tarp setup. We picked something today that was fast, easy, idiot-proof, and that would be a secure shelter for a first time tarp user. And everyone should have at least one tarp shelter in their tool belt of knowledge so that if you do end up dropped in the middle of the Yukon with a 10x10 tarp, you're going to know what to do with it. You're not going to do the pitiful burrito roll method where you wrap yourself up in the tarp like a burrito and lay there until someone rescues you. We don't want that happening Mm -hmm. with any of our first 40 milers. So the Plowpoint Tarp Shelter is great because it's so simple. There's no fiddling or restaking. Plus we have a little poem that we'll share at the end that will help you remember how to put it up. So you'll need one square tarp and I would recommend a 10 by 10 foot tarp or a three meter by three meter tarp. You'll need one tree. You'll also need three stakes or three sharp sticks and then one piece of cordage or rope that's long enough to fit around the tree. So depending on the size of trees in your area, about uh, twice that long, probably.
1: So maybe a couple feet long unless you live among the redwoods and then you need a, a rope that's about 30 feet long.
0: Exactly. So to put up the plow point tarp shelter, you'll take any corner of your square tarp and tie it to the tree, about five feet up the tree. Then you'll take the opposite corner of that tarp and pull it taut and stake it down. Then you'll stake out the other two corners, pulling them taut and staking them down also. Now the first step of tying that first corner of the tarp to a tree might seem a little bit daunting, like what knot do I use? Does it need to be adjustable? You know, I don't know any knots. I learned this simple little hack Hack within a hack. Ooh. <laughs> I learned that if you wrap the rope around the tree multiple times and then secure it with whatever knot is in your knot core of knowledge, even the shoelace knot, then the friction from wrapping the rope around the tree will be enough to hold the tarp in place. So you don't have to be a knot genius. And I'm not. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. As you'll discover there are things that you can do with this simple shelter to improve the headroom in this setup. Some people like to take a trekking pole and kind of poke up the ceiling a little bit, kind of push it up so that you have a little bit more loft to the ceiling. You could also do that with a stick and maybe cover the top of the stick with a bandana or something so it doesn't poke through your tarp. Uh, Anyway, the plow point is about as basic as it gets. It's easy to learn, easy to remember, super quick to set up and will give you just some temporary shelter if you need it and possibly overnight shelter. So here's a little poem that I promised. Tie a corner to a tree then stake it out diagonally. Pull it taut, stake the sides, grab your pack and get inside.
1: Sounds easy. Let's try it on our next trip.
0: Sounds good. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, John Burroughs. He said, Hedge or qualify as we will, man is a part of nature. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. You can order our most recent children's book, Backpacker ABCs, on Amazon or iTunes. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. You stop laughing! <laughs> A tarp made of aluminum—that's brilliant. It's That's
1: not ultralight.
0: No, but it'd be waterproof. Or pure. compact. You could, um, you could shake it and make the thunder and lightning sound.
1: Oh boy.